0: Everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 130. It is me, your host, Evan, back with the All American Conservative, Solomon Tack. And as you know, a big part of why we started this podcast was to bring you the very best in conservative commentary, but also true conservative candidates. And with that, let me introduce a very special guest, Ms. Liz Joy, who is not only running for the House of Representatives in New York 20, but has also been very active in the community with regards to this COVID-19 pandemic. Ms. Joy, thank you so much for coming on our show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Now, if you can, for the folks that don't know you, Where you let people know where you're running out of, what counties, your background a little bit, and what you've been doing during this COVID nineteen outbreak, because I think that's a very important thing to highlight that you are active in the community when the community needs you most.
1: So I'm running in New York 20th, uh, the New York uh, 20th congressional district. So that includes all of Albany County, all of Schenectady County, half of Rensselaer, half of Montgomery, and half of Saratoga counties. There's roughly 720,000 people in the district. Um, and I, I love running. Um, I'm running against Congressman Paul Tonko who has been, um, a, you know, in, uh, politics for 43 years, a career politician. Um, he has was in the New York state assembly for 33 years and then he went into Congress for the last 10 years. Um, so I'm running against him and I'm definitely a conservative Republican um and I um as far as during the corona uh virus outbreak, uh I've been very active in the community helping to secure N ninety-five masks for our medical providers, whoever you know might need them. We've been able to secure those through um the the private sector uh because you know the hospitals are having a hard time getting those N ninety fives, but it's it's wonderful because the private sector has really stepped up. We just got a thousand masks yesterday that we were able to go and pick up in Johnstown. That was by Pioneer Windows um, Eric Miller. Wonderful, wonderful businessman who contacted who contacted me um to say that he, he could get those. So we we jumped right on it. He donated those to the hospital um, and we brought them right over there. We're also um Getting out there, finding people, um, you know, we're putting up on our Facebook, we're doing videos, finding people who need help, you know, um, single parents, people who have been furloughed, um, anybody that needs a helping hand with food, with groceries. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that we're doing is we're, in, we're including a little gift in there, um, just something special for the, the parents. So far, we've only had single moms that have contacted us. I mean, we've gotten some people who, you know, on social media have said, well, what about the, what about the dads? And of course, absolutely. We're willing to help anybody. Um, But so far it's actually only been the single moms that have reached out asking for that. And so we've been delivering, it's been wonderful. As a matter of fact, um, we're, we're excited. We're actually delivering a new bicycle and helmet tomorrow that was also donated to us, um, by some, you know, great people that live here, um, to a mom who has an eight year old son. It's, it's his birthday. And, um, you know, she's, she's really struggling right now and we're also bringing his Easter basket, which she's going to hide. Um, you know, but, uh, so we're doing that. We're doing meals. We're trying to support our restaurants, anything that we can to just be out there, um, helping and encouraging the pe- you know people during this time.
0: It's good to see people who are running for public office, who are actually in the community helping people, which is what you're supposed to be doing as a representative, which is representing the people yeah. as opposed to the ones just complaining and com- you know crying, complaining on TV.
1: Well, when I think of a representative, really what they're supposed to be doing is serve. They're serving. And that's their purpose. They're supposed to serve the district. They're supposed to serve the people, and it's the people's voices that they represent, right? It's the people's needs. It's their and and that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and I think that what happens with these career politicians when you get in there, they they become beholden to um, keeping that seat. And I think the the biggest thing that that politicians don't remember is that seat doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the people. It's the people's seat. It's the people's office and the people are the boss. And, and, you know, I think that that's something that that has to be remembered and it's not anymore. And um, I I think, I think that needs to change. That's what I'm working to change. Um, I think there's a, I think there's a plus when you go into um, seeking public office a little bit later, because, you know, we, we have a business, we've raised our family. You know, my husband served in the military. We don't have the obligations of having um, small children at home anymore. And there's something about being able to go into public office when you're not beholden to it. It's not your bread and butter. And I'm not looking for it to be my bread and butter. Um, you know, if I might say, I, one of the things that I was really disappointed in, and I'll say both Democrats and Republicans, was with this bill, uh, the $2.2 trillion um, CARES Act that went through. There was some wonderful things in, in the bill that went through that people really need. And I'm glad those things went through, you know, the $350 billion to help the small businesses because the small businesses didn't have a chance. They just immediately had to shut down, right? Our hospitals, $100 billion went to the hospitals. Those are very good things. They need that right now. But this bill could have easily been $1.2 trillion less than it actually is because of all of the unnecessary fluff Um, things that we didn't need that Congress pushed through. And I hear both, you know, the Democrats we know are the, you know, shoved through and took advantage of the people. Correct. But something that's also disappointing to me is that, and I'm a Republican, registered Republican, but that Republicans didn't come out and say with transparency there was a lot of things in this bill that shouldn't have been in that bill. You know, the 60 million to the Forest Service, the, the 25 million that actually did go to sal extra additional salaries and expenses for the House of Representatives. There was an 25 million that went for the Capital Building Construction Fund. <laughs> right? The fact is 25 million did go <laughs> to right, the Kennedy Center. Oh God! Um, You know, there's an entire list. If anybody just goes to the site and the government site and reads through, um, I I was disappointed because everybody touted this as being such an amazing thing and there were good things in it, but they weren't transparent to say, I'm very sorry that this was also in there. And as your representative, I want you to know I didn't support those things. And I'm going to be donating a, a big portion of my own salary back to our district Um, because I stand with you as you're going through these hard times. I stand with the people who I'm supposed to be representing in Washington, D.C. And yet we're hearing these messages that we're, we're going to be getting through it together. And, you know, the people are, the people are getting through it. The people are helping each other. The people are serving one another and stepping up, but the representatives need to equally, um, I believe, uh, put skin in the game, if you will. And they're not even in DC right now. They're home, but you can't, as a leader, you can't tell people you're standing with them. If on their backs, you're getting your full salary and they're paying you, but they're not working.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And we saw the private sector step step up. Like you said before, the people donating the mask, we saw um, the, my pillow guy, he's making PPE equipment. We had Remington offer to open up and make it, even though um, Emperor Cuomo denied them that. And Tesla. It, <laughs> Tesla. You know, it's, it's always the people that stand up. And it's people, you have a big section of the people who look to government for help, and they're not getting that. And I've always told people, don't look to the government for a handout. Don't look for the government mm-hmm. to, you know, to pick you up when you're down. Right now, we actually need the government to do things. And they were busy squabbling over. Pelosi's trying to put things for abortion into the into the funding bill and all these things that don't need to be done right now when the American people are struggling. Exactly. Right. Um,
2: so I'm, just to kind of kick it back a little bit, uh, I was a single parent for about two years-ish. So I do appreciate hearing you acknowledge the, the whole single father's thing. Um, a lot of times we do get heavily forgotten about in society. Um, and then after that, you got things done that, that other people couldn't get done and you're not even in, in office yet. You know, you're going, you're, you're trying to achieve it, you know? So it sounds to me as if you do have that magic wand that Barack Obama, the, the black guy, Barack <laughs> Obama doesn't exist. So, <laughs> there's no magic wand to make that happen, but you had that magic wand and you made it happen and you made it happen without the federal government's, pushing and backing behind you, which is amazing. It's truly amazing. You know,
1: I think what it is, um, honestly, I don't have any kind of magic wand. I think what it is, is you want to, you have desire to see your fellow um, American, right? Another human being do well, period. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's what it's about. Uh, You know, you, you, you don't want to see people suffering. You want to see them do well. And, um, and really that's where it came from. And also I will say, you know, uh, as far as the N95s, you know, I, my husband is in the hospital daily. He's a medical provider and my daughter, my oldest daughter is, um, uh, you know, an EMT. So, and she got, she just recovered from the coronavirus. Wow. So,
0: good. Um,
2: good.
1: you know, thank God. Yeah.
2: Uh, the, the next thing that, that stands out to me about you, is uh, you have people that aren't willing to, they'll go against and, and be opposition to their the opposing party. But you don't see a lot of people who are willing to actually stand up and say, hey, here's where we went wrong, and this is what we can do better the next time. You know, and I, I honestly feel like we need those loud voices like you have in the, what is, What's their nicknames? The the four, the big four on the, the Democrats? The squad. The squad. <laughs> we need those loud voices so when they do things like sneak in abortion and, and all that other stuff into these huge bills, when it's not the time to do so, those people that can actually stand up, speak in plain language that everybody can identify with so that people can go, wait a minute, that truly doesn't make sense. And you just sat here and you did just that, you know. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and you don't really hear Ted Cruz do it and, and uh, other people not to speak against them because they're great people. But um, it's not, the when they open up their mouth and speak, the people that get it are the people that's already kind of grown up and they're already eating meat and potatoes. It's not the people that are still drinking milk, if that makes sense. Yeah. And th- those are the people that we honestly need and-, and to have to have voices and have positions of power. So then it gets everybody on board. Tack, you're So folksy. I
1: tried. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. Well, I couldn't hear what you said. What did you say, Evan?
0: Uh, I said tack is folksy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to get into why you are running for New York 20. But before we do that, let's hear from our sponsor, Shark Toothblades. This next segment is brought to you by Shark Tooth Blades. Hey, if you are in construction or just do a ton of handiwork yourself, you must try Shark Tooth Blades in your utility knife. They are specifically made for cleaner, more precise cuts, eliminating the paper drag created by ordinary dull, one-time-use blades. Their blades are ten times sharper and five times more durable. And now, using promo code ESC, you will get an additional 15% off on top of their current sale prices. To get yours, visit www.sharktoothblades.com and order today. All right, Miss Joy. So why the run for New York Twenty? Why does New York Twenty need a change? And what are what are you what are the big things that you are looking to accomplish in the House of Representatives?
1: So the reason, actually it's interesting, the reason that I'm personally running. Is because I have four adult children and future grandchildren, and I was highly concerned with the trajectory that I was watching over the course of years, really since uh, Barack since Barack Obama um, entered office. The trajectory that our state, New York state was going on with, with, you know, the governor and the leadership that we had here at that time, but then also at the federal level on the national level and the, uh, the socialism, the socialistic ideas and ideals that were coming into the legislation. um, I was very highly concerned about that. I made the decision to run actually um, the very maybe two days after New York State's Reproductive Health Act passed, where they you know decided to and uh, made it legal to abort children up until the time of delivery, even on the table, they took out the fact that it needed to be done by an MD. Uh, they removed at that time, you may remember, the domestic violence clause, and and they removed personhood from that baby, which is why they removed the domestic violence clause, and. I, I found that absolutely tragic. I didn't want my children, my adult children, and my future grandchildren to inherit socialism. I want them to inherit a state and a country whose constitutional freedoms are strong and intact, period. And that's why I am running, and that's why I am fighting so hard. Um, if you know any parent, right, most parents, moms, dads, They'll fight hardest when it's about their kids. And so when, for me, the reality is I'll probably be fine. My husband will probably be fine. We've been married over 30 years or 30 years. Um, But we're looking at the next generation and the generation after them. And I want to leave them a good, strong legacy. And I want to make a difference. And that's why I'm fighting so hard to run for office.
0: I think that's a very strong message because so many people run for office and it's more that they want to be somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. they want to be a senator. They want to eventually be a cabinet member. They want to be president. They want to be somebody instead of do something. And that's what it really should be. It's public service. It shouldn't be your career. It should be something you do in service to your fellow citizens. And I think that's a very strong message that you're sending out.
1: Right. Right. It's, it's not about the seat for me. It's not about the seat in Congress. It's about uh, the people uh, that that seat represents. And um, I don't want that, you know, right now, uh, Paul Tonko, who sits in that seat, he supports abortion um, up until the time of delivery. He voted no on the pain Culpable Act, um, which is just... I mean, I just, you you just, he voted no to leave a baby on the table. Um, And I just, you know, that's a human being. And uh, I want to see that seat begin to legislate and support things that support life, that support our constitution, that support our freedoms, um, that support what this country was built on. And right now that seat, the person sitting in that seat does not do that. So um, the things that I'm running on um, babe, the the biggest thing for me is I uh, respect human life from the womb to the elderly, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that that every single person's life has value and has worth. Uh, I'm, I'm also um, very uh, vehemently against Medicare for all, uh, and the ta- the you know the socialist takeover of the healthcare system here in the United States uh, that doesn't respect. Life Because it weeds out the elderly. It'll begin to weed out those people that need operations, that need medicines. Um, It it takes away our freedoms from being able to choose our own providers. It takes people off of uh, their private health insurance if they choose to have that option. You know, it takes those options away. I do believe in uh, if somebody needs uh, Medicare or Medicaid, I think that if someone truly needs it, they should have it. And they should get that good uh, health care I also though believe that people who want to have uh, choices and private health insurance plans and I call them I call it freedom
2: health care choices <laughs>
1: you know um, we should be able to have those things if we want those things so, and uh, yeah
2: what's funny about that is uh, and I always say this speaking to a few of my other friends uh, when it comes to Medicare Medicaid we already have medicare for all if you think of it in that sense because if you truly fall on hard times and you truly need that that kind of pick me up it's there for you so now you expand these systems and and make it a huge umbrella system for the entire country we already see what's going on in italy where if you're at a certain age now the state the country of italy can now say we're not going to provide you that if you need a respirator we're not you just, you're already at that yeah. specific age. Sorry, but it's time for you to go kick the can. So is that something that you really want to leave up to the government to make that decision for you? Or do you want to keep that decision to live or die for yourself? And I think that's what a lot of people aren't getting. We have that system already, that that uh that fail-safe system. If somebody needs to, after they, they fall off that thin little wire that they've been walking on, They have the net to fall on. It's there. Mm -hmm. We have the safety net. So why, at this point, expand it to where the government can make the choices for you? They can make your medication choices. They can make the choice as to whether or not they're going to take care of you, just like baby Alfie in England that ended up passing away. And this is what you want for your life and for the lives of your children. So you're hitting the nail right on the head. And I'm enjoying listening to you talk about it. And that's that's something that, that people need to hear. And it's just not, for whatever reason, getting through their thick skulls, you know.
1: Well, they're not paying attention because the, the title sounds great. Medicare for all. You know, who wouldn't want something for all that sounds really good? And it's a matter of being able to educate people what it really means. And it actually adds 21.2 cents to every single tax dollar that you already make. So your taxes are going to go up. Your care level is going to go down. Nobody's talking about the fact that we have a national doctor shortage mm-hmm. in our country already right now. So by default, when you have Medicare for all, you, by default, you make those uh, providers government workers, and you take away their, any kind of freedom that they have to be able to have that individual, private um, relationship where decisions are made between the patient and the doctor. You're, you're, you're taking that away. And when you take something like that away and you ins, insert bureaucracy, people who are not medically trained, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to go well. And then you really do have the elite who are making these decisions, and then everybody else, you know, you, you get a bigger and larger gap. And um, I will say it's interesting uh, and sad, really, because you hear Governor Cuomo trying to bring back retired healthcare workers right now in our state to try to help with COVID 19. The reason that he's having to call retired, uh, Health care providers back is because he drove all of them out when he killed the private medical practices that he's been trying to do through cutting all of the reimbursement rates back to the private uh, private uh, practices. He cut all those he's the one that actually shrunk the, the bed uh, the amount of beds in the hospitals and has been going around closing hospitals trying to shut those down since 2015. He's the one that did all of that. And the providers left the state and the hospital beds that he got rid of. Now, you know, he wants more of them. And, you know, he obviously he's not talking about that, but that's why we have a shortage here in New York.
2: Yeah. What's
0: the is, uh, oh,
2: he opened up so you can have anybody in the state can have licenses, um, expanding uh, Medicare for illegals and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden. This happens, the COVID-19 happens. There's not enough space in our hospitals. Uh, We don't have enough money for for New Yorkers to get this, that, and third. We don't have enough supplies for our doctors. We don't have enough supplies for for New Yorkers for anything, but where was your care for New Yorkers when your care for New Yorkers was supposed to be there? When you put the the, uh, illegals and people that aren't supposed to be here before New Yorkers, now, all of a sudden, it's New York needs, New York needs, New York needs. You had everything in the world beforehand for everybody else, but all of a sudden, you have nothing when you need it the most.
0: Yeah, and we were just, $6 billion dollars in the hole already. We were $6 billion <laughs> in the hole before this. That's right. And there's a very famous saying, Tag, and you just said, we had everything for everybody, right? But the government had never fixed problems. They just subsidized them. So mm-hmm. you took all these problems that we had, and you didn't fix them. You just made him public. And in fact, you caused most of it. So we had an issue and you made it worse. And that's what the government's been doing. And that's what big government does, which is why I don't understand how anyone keeps voting for this guy. It really, it doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Right. Well, most of upstate didn't.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> we need some more people yeah, up yeah. there. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> Here's an interesting point, which, cause I know you guys are second amendment people as well. And so am I. Um, you know, 2 million gun owners didn't vote in the 2018 elections.
0: Heck, how many times do I bring that up? All the time. <laughs> All the time. But, and it's true
1: because I've been going around one of the places, you know, a lot of the places that I've been, been going around and speaking to are the um, sportsmen clubs, you know, um, that also have women in them as well. But, the, you know, the sportsman clubs um, and the, uh, you know, the gun clubs. And I've said to them, you know, I, it's important that you all get out and vote because 2 million firearms owners didn't vote. And that's, that's usually their one issue. That's the one issue. Right. And I say to them, um, you know, I hear you all complaining. You complain that, that they your, your second amendment rights are being infringed upon and that they're going to have to, you know, the government's going to have to come to your door and take your firearms wouldn't it just be a lot easier
2: to go and vote? I mean, wouldn't don't actually you vote, they don't have felons felonies. Apparently. Obviously. So, they And I
1: say that as a firearms owner myself, um, I'm a concealed, I'm concealed carry and I carry everywhere. That's lawful. Uh, but you know, I, it's just a lot easier to get out there and vote than it would be to have this, you know, stand a standoff in your home, you know? And I, I say that to them. And, um, and and say you you know you have to go out and you have to vote um 2018 you know we wouldn't have the governor that we have right now had those two million firearms owners left their homes and gone into the voting booth
0: it's true i don't know how much better mark molinaro is but we definitely wouldn't have had cuomo but we talk about it all the time is that people want to believe they believe the hype and we talked about this last time in terms of um election stealing. And I don't believe that they're actually rigging elections. I believe they use their propaganda to convince us that, Hey, there are no conservatives. There are no Republicans in New York. So you might as well stay home and don't vote. And people believe it and they stay home and they don't vote. And you just said 2 million gun owners could have completely changed the outlook of this state with a different governor. Had they just gotten up and went to vote and it's real. That's how they do it. It's, it's all in the message.
1: I do have to say, I know Mark Molinaro very well. And he's a really good guy. And I think that Upstate would have been pleased because I do think that he, you know, I can't, obviously I would never speak for him, but I, I've gotten to know him and uh, great family. And I, I think that some of the ideas, uh, some of the things that, that were just twisted on some of the, you know, twisted in the media about him, I think he would have been a great governor for our state. I think he would have done very, very well. Um, and so so yeah, he's a good guy.
0: All right. And the last thing you did want to talk about the disgusting bail reform that has been plaguing us for it feels like forever, but it's really only been about four months. Um, I feel like we've been talking about this the entire time that Tax been my co-host. but we see you know, they tried to amend bail reform, apparently in the new budget, but they're still letting people out of prisons who are violent offenders so they don't catch COVID. So yeah, we can allow violent felons out into the streets so they don't get sick but then they can just go commit more crimes because listen, all the gun stores are closed. No one can get ammo. No one can buy more firearms. So again, we're just as unsafe as we were before the quarantine. And now you're letting more, they're letting more violent criminals out.
1: And domestic violence. I mean, that's a huge issue. That's really one of the things that bothers me the most is the fact that the domestic violence incidences have gone up. It puts, it puts people in in much more danger it truly puts their lives at risk and you know um, I uh, I don't know if you know anything about the what happened at the nail salon did you ever hear anything about how I was assaulted
0: no I I haven't heard that story
1: so I was assaulted back on August 30th of 2018 um, pretty badly I was assaulted badly and uh, what happened is is I was a customer in a uh, nail salon, a very nice nail salon in uh, Colony, uh, New York. Uh, long story short, th- an estranged husband came in to murder his wife. And uh, he came in with a knife and brass knuckles. And I was the only client that was in the room at that time. And uh, he immediately began to stab her repeatedly and hit her with brass knuckles. Jeez, um nice. And so it was, uh, you know, I jumped up and yelled, call 911, uh, to people that were in, uh, getting their, um, in the hair area. And, uh, they did and 911 instructed everybody to get out of the building, but I grabbed a, um, wrought iron mannequin and began to fight, uh, to keep him away from her and, um and it, thankfully it worked, um, but we fought one-on-one for about eight minutes, and he was hitting back, uh, pushing back, and I was hitting him, and uh, he was lunging with the knife, et cetera, and then we got into hitting each other with a table. And um, thankfully, she, I'm very, very thankful, she lived, she did have two uh, life-saving trauma surgeries, um and but she's alive she's well she's with her children and uh he got 25 years and then 5 years parole in a maximum state prison which he should have and um so anyway but uh and it was it was violent and it was gruesome that being said had that happened now right bail reform that was in 2018 we didn't have it then since then it's passed you've heard and read accounts where there have been very violent and, uh, gruesome accounts. I'm sure you read about the woman who was stabbed and strangled and he went, he was let out. Right. Um, so had that happened now, I believe that he would not have gone to jail. I, I think that he would have been let out, Um, And there's been many, many incidences where, and she put this best with bail reform. She said, New York State's new bail reform law keeps victims of domestic violence in a perpetual state of terror. And that's the truth. Can you imagine living every single day in a, literally a perpetual state of terror? That's what this does to domestic violence victims. And yet leaders have done nothing to help that. Instead, they've let more people out. I was talking to somebody yesterday uh, in the Albany County uh, Corrections um, uh, building, and they said that they have let, I think it's between 70 and 90 people out just since coronavirus started uh, alone. So there's hundreds and hundreds. I actually, it's thousands of people from prisons who are now being let out because of coronavirus. But the bail reform, um, it's dangerous. i it's, it's making New York, and I, I've said this before, it's like the Wild West, you know? And I've said repeatedly, Every single New Yorker needs to go and get their concealed carry. And they need to start now. And one of the things that um, I've started with, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with Tom King for the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association? No. Okay. So Tom King is with NYSERPA. He is the executive director of NYSERPA. We started, we're starting and have been working on this program. It's called, the hashtag is called New York Safe and Sound. And I kind of we kind of did it like that because of the Safe Act, so we call it New York Safe and Sound, and it's where any woman you know that wants to get their concealed carry, um, ha- every woman we say has the right to be safe and sound in her environment, and so from twenty one to however old, because I we've made a list and we have twenty one year olds, no joke, up to eighty seven year old. That wants to come and get their concealed carry, and what New York State Rifle and Pistol Association is doing is they're holding, going to be holding these pistol permit classes, waiving all of the fees for any woman that wants to, and then we're going around and we're asking all of the um, firearms stores if they would be willing to give women, you know, a ten to fifteen percent discount, especially these women who want to be able to defend themselves. Um, from uh, domestic violence and from, from, you know, attackers. And we're working on that. Um, It's very important. I I think, especially now, and I say that for all, you know, for all New Yorkers, it's just because of this incident, I honed in on, on um, women, Um, but certainly, um, you know, men are victims too. And um, so maybe we can expand that as well. But, but, I just I just think that this bail reform is tragic. I think New York State is going to be so bad by the time we hit our November elections that I actually believe that Republicans, conservatives, are going to do very, very well. Because I think it's going to be like a perfect storm, if you will. Um, at the state level, um, you know, I think it's kind of where it's like the state, you know, the things that they're passing, the Reproductive Health Act, the bail reform. I mean, they just they just keep getting more and more socialist um, with what they're doing. The taxes, the pay raises, you know, um, you know, they've all just gotten pay raises. As the governor, the highest paid governor uh, now in the country, and um, then at the federal level, of course, you know, the things that they've been trying to do with the impeachment. Um, with, with SMAT, you know, pushing this stuff through uh, with the, the $2.2 trillion deal, the the $93 trillion Green New Deal that they're trying to push through, the takeover of our national health care system. You know, I think it's kind of like the perfect storm coming together. And frankly, with President Trump being at the top of the ticket, who I support, I like our president. I, I voted for him in 2016. I am, am very glad to be supporting him you know, in, in 2020 as well. I like him very much. Um, I think that that perfect storm is going to come together. And I think that we're going to take back the house. And I think that New York state is going to have a lot of wins. I do think that uh, President Trump is going to win, but it's going to be a fight Mm -hmm. um, where Americans have to step up and they have to get involved.
2: You know, uh, speaking of Going back to women and, and concealed carries, I brought it up on uh, um, one of our previous episodes. The uh, idea of national reciprocity, and I'm well aware that it's a, it's a hard thing to achieve, but there I do believe that there are certain people that do deserve to have uh, national reciprocity added to their concealed carries. Um, and I've said truck drivers, uh, you know, military moves state to state to state. You have military that. They may belong to Hawaii, for example, residency wise, but then they move to somewhere like California and California doesn't recognize any of this stuff. Uh, they can't necessarily bring their weapons with them, uh, et cetera. And then, of course, you do have people who are victim victims of abuse. So if that person gets abused, unfortunately, in the state of New York and they decide they want to uh, move somewhere else, I know in certain cases, the courts will let you know, hey, your ex-husband or ex-whoever, whoever whoever assaulted you got out, whoever you're the victim of will be getting out in two weeks. But God forbid that person is a stalker and somehow does find out what the other person Mm -hmm. was at. Um, There are certain people that I do believe that deserve reciprocity. And I I think that should be a a national, uh, something I think that garners national attention, especially people, victims of abuse, you know?
0: That is a big that's a big thing. And also, if you look at I, I believe that the Republicans will have a big win also in November, because if you look at the Democratic policies that have been instituted not only in New York, but in other places like California, we have seen going all the way back to the SAFE Act. The SAFE Act outlaws certain firearms It makes, you know, you can't have certain attachments on firearms. Then you add bail reform, you see the rise in violent crime. We are literally becoming less safe every time the Democrats pass a law. So why would we keep these people in office? And I think it's just going to motivate people who aren't voting to get out and vote. And yes, the people who don't pay attention and just vote for the person with the D next to the name are going to keep doing that. But I think the biggest thing is we need to get people up off their asses and they need to be out voting. We need to get rid of people who are useless, who are pushing stuff. People like Tom Swasey, who delays the vote on money going to Americans because Nancy Pelosi tells him to. You know, these are people who should not be in public office. We need people who are going to stand up for the American citizen. And I thank you so much for that message that you have given that that's what you are trying to do, because that's what we need in public service. That's what we need. We don't need people who are trying to make a name for themselves. We need people who are going to stand up for the American citizen.
2: Amen. I'm sold and I don't even live in your district. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to just become an illegal immigrant and vote three times. (laughs) No big deal, right? If it's acceptable, it's acceptable.
1: Well, you can just identify as someone differently every single time.
2: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's the way it works
0: now. All right. uh,
1: Identify as the governor and just change everything back.
0: (laughs) Tag, you'd have to pierce your nipples first. I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. I had to. I'm sorry. I had to. I couldn't. I couldn't. It just came right out. <laughs> that being said, Miss Joy, could you please tell everyone where they can find you online, where they can donate to your campaign, and where they can find you on social media?
1: Yes. So online, it's joyforny.com. It's joyforny.com. That's my website. I have videos up on there. People, if they want to donate, they can donate there. Um, they can read my platform. They can connect with me. They can email me everything comes straight to me so uh and that's the other thing i wanted to say everything in my campaign everybody's a volunteer people aren't paid i'm not taking people's donations and paying out for big salaries nobody gets anything um including myself so um my campaign manager is um actually my daughter she's doing an amazing job uh and so you know brooke joy but you can go to joy for New York, joy for ny.com. You can find everything there. We're very frugal with other people's money. We recognize where it's coming from. So, uh, you know, we run very tight and very lean uh, and we're, you know, and we're getting our message out there. Um, so you can go there, Facebook. It's, uh, jo- uh, Liz joy for New York. You can go there to my public page, Liz joy for New York. But you know, frankly, i I have a, a regular Facebook page. That's also public, which is, You know, Liz also Liz joy. So there's, there's two of them, Twitter, Liz joy, Instagram, Liz joy. It's pretty easy. Um, and our slogan is joy for New York. So, um, you know, it, it, it's easy. It's easily, uh, you know, easy for people to remember. Um, we do get back to people. If people make contact with us, you know, we get back to them personally. It's, and that's how it works and that's how it should work. So that's what we're doing
0: now. Is that four F O
2: R or the number four?
1: F O R.
0: Okay, got it. Yeah, we made that mistake last time with uh, George Santos. <laughs> yes, well, go back uh, and fix yeah. it later.
1: <laughs> yeah, F-O-R, joy for right. New York, ny.com. And we, we keep putting things out there. Um, you, know, you, you know, it's funny when I was talking about uh, Congress um, reducing or, you know, cutting their pay, cutting their salaries at this time, at this particular time. Um, it's so resonated with people that I don't know, it's gotten like 425,000 shares on Facebook wow. and, uh, yeah, it just, it just absolutely blew up, went viral. And because it's so resonated, that's what people are looking for. They're just looking for people that are normal, that want to just serve to serve for common sense reasons I've always said, and I truly believe, and we, you know, as we finish, that, uh, you know, running for office takes, you know, it, it's hard work from, from the standpoint that it takes a lot of time, but it's not hard. Uh It's just common sense. It's just, it's just common sense. And, um, that's it. It's just common sense, and um, so you know that's what I. Say. Anybody could run for office, I believe, who has common sense. It's just being willing to get up and do it, and um, and just being willing to serve.
0: It's shocking how few Democrats have common sense. Well, I It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's easy. Everyone with common sense. Yeah, well, we have plenty. at least at least half the country is doesn't understand that socialism doesn't work.
1: Well, they're like lemmings. They, they just they just run, and they all it's group think, group running. It's there's they're not thinking outside of themselves. What makes common sense? Um, they they don't allow themselves to to think and to it, it's I don't understand it. I don't you know you I know, think probably all of us would say that. You know how do you, how can you even think that way? Some of the things that they do, some of the, it's well, just, it's The it. bail
0: system works, so let's get rid of the bail system. That makes I mean, that's a good idea, right? <laughs> they remind me of the little hooded
2: things off of Star Wars. You know, you can only the, see Jawas.
0: the Jawas. The Jawas. It's like well, they're
2: just like, running around doing whatever the heck they want to do and just <laughs> Right,
1: and you talk about science, right? The Democrats all talk about science. Like, the, my opponent, Paul Tonko, is constantly touting the science of everything. But he denies the science of a baby at 20 weeks gestation, being able to hear its mother's voice, being able to swallow, um, being able to feel pain. And yet he will fight everything he's got so that, you know, um, you know, you don't declaw a cat. (laughs) Can we write? I mean, come on. (laughs) Oh, God. Right? You I mean, don't Governor want yourself is messed up. <laughs> Governor Cuomo fought for years to get this pushed through, to abort children up until the time of delivery. No joke. Outlawed cutting off a shark's fin because they feel pain. But wouldn't <laughs> do it for a baby.
2: So that, that's the thing. You give the devil an inch and he's going to take a mile, Right. And that's another, we're talking about common sense here. How much further can they take it? You you want to, a baby? I don't want to know. Time, I don't well, know exactly how much they're going to take it. A baby well, look, look, up to the time that I'm you gonna, drop they're out.
1: Taking it, they're taking it. At, all of us have to stay home, and we have to shut our businesses down and stay in our homes, but let's release the prisoners.
2: High 6 9 <laughs> They don't have anywhere to go,
1: but let's just release them <laughs>
2: Out in the street with the rest of the, the uh, homeless
0: people that Bill de Blasio already screwed over. Oh, God. Don't do it. We, can't, we don't even have time to get into Bill de Blasio <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. If you like this show, please share, subscribe. Audio platforms are best for us. Remember, we get a little bit of money every time you listen to us. We are on all audio platforms at Empire State Conservatives. Make sure that you check out lizjoy dot com If you can donate, please donate. I am. He's a real conservative yeah. candidate. This is someone we need to push forward. She has our full endorsement. Her stuff will be reshared on our page. Listen, I write when we started this a oh, year and a half ago, I said we want to bring real conservative candidates to the forefront, and you clearly are a real conservative candidate looking to make a real difference. So we want to support you in every way possible, guys. Make sure you follow TAC on Instagram at SolomonTAC. That's two A's and a C. Once again, there is no K in TAC. I don't know why people keep asking me if there's a K, there's no K follow us at get, get red pilled Then we are heavily shadow banned, but we are still here and make sure that if you are so inclined to check out our store empire, state concern network.com slash store, we have a ton of merchandise. It is all print to order. It is all ready to go. Once you order it and make sure you check out sharktoothblades.com If you are so inclined, they are a very good sponsor to us and use our code ESC for that 15% discount. That being said, I'm Evan, that's Tack. Once again, Liz Joy, thank you so much for coming on and don't let fear take your freedom.